Hi guys, this is Doug Fletcher. Welcome back to What's the Hazard? This is our podcast about workplace safety and health. Uh, interesting times. We have a lot to talk about today. Um, we're, we're taking a stab at addressing some of the COVID-19 protocols and procedures that have been put in place around here, around Omaha, locally. You know, I'm getting a lot of feedback from clients, colleagues, and, and uh, other safety professionals about what they're doing. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, first of all, though, I'm really excited to announce that uh, after six months of funding this podcast out of my pocket, we have picked up a sponsor. Um, yes, I know Pat is very excited about that because <laughs> I'm basically paying Pat to, you know, nice. produce the podcast. So I'm really excited about that. And um, even more excited about the company. It is Safety Reports, um, also a local Omaha-based company. Um, many of you know Safety Reports already. If you don't, yep. uh, we did an episode with Steve Polich and Eric Robinson last week. It's episode number 21. And we talked uh, in great detail about safety reports, uh, their auditing app, and some of the other things that the app does for you. Um, I've been recommending safety reports to my clients for many years now. It's an incredibly useful resource tool. Um, I think that every safety professional should have in their toolkit. And so they have agreed to sponsor a few of the episodes going forward, kind of on a trial basis, just to see how it goes. And... Uh, Steve has also agreed that if you go through, if you go into safety reports, so if you go check this out, if it's of interest to you and you go check it out through my website. So if you go to FletcherSafety.com or if you go through, uh, there is another website set up. It's Fletcher.Safety-Reports.com. So if you go through either of those, my website or the special website on their, on their post, uh, and actually trial the the app, and then maybe decide that you want to subscribe and you know and check it out. Use it for a while. Uh, they will donate some of the proceeds from that sale to what's the hazard. So really generous on their part. I know this you know this first sponsorship is kind of the tough one, and uh, it, it's going to really help out. It's going to allow us to continue to do these episodes, and so I'm I'm uh, incredibly grateful to Steve and his uh, colleagues at Safety Reports. And you'll hear more about them over the next few episodes. There's a lot about Safety Reports that I really love, and uh, we're going to try to highlight bits and pieces of that over the next few episodes. In the meantime, though, go check them out. Uh, I would appreciate it uh, if it is something that you think would be useful to you and you purchase it. As I said, Steve is going to donate some money to the cause, so that's fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah, man, I'm really excited about it. I mean... Uh, I was running up on that um, that point where it is not financially feasible for me to continue, you know. And so, uh, after six months of paying for it myself, and I'm not this is not I'm not whining, mind you. I mean, this is something that I have wanted to do for a long time. It's something I'm committed to doing. So we would find a way to pay for it, but this will ease some of the burden. So that's, that's cool. Uh, my second announcement: um, Gene Petch, who is the executive director of the uh, Nebraska AGC building chapter, the Associated General Contractors building chapter, has put out a plea to her members, uh, and I suppose this applies you know, nationwide, uh, if you do have N95 respirators on the shelves at your, your company, um, you know, donate those or donate you know, what you can afford to donate, you know, what you have available to donate. Um, and certainly, uh, I think we all have been notified that there is a need for blood, you know, so she has sent that notification out to her membership 
And uh, I, I told her I would pass that along. If you do want to get in touch with Gene, if you are a Nebraska company and you are a member of the AGC, or perhaps even if you're not, but you would be willing to make a donation of N95 respirators, you can contact Gene at J.D. Pesh. It's P-E-T-S-C-H. So J.D. Pesh at windstream.net. Or you can call the AGC here locally, 402-438-0400. And I'm sure she can give you some uh, guidance on how to get that get those respirators donated to the local healthcare folks. Uh, with that, Jim, you have any announcements? No, no announcements. Okay. Me. My guest today, uh, Jim Steele, he's, gosh, he's been on the show before. He's, he's kind of like a partner in this effort in, in many respects. Um, when I, again, when I put out a request for people who might be willing to come in and talk about what they are doing, you know, provide some actual anecdotal information about what they're doing on their sites uh, as always, Jim volunteers. I mean, I, I probably couldn't be doing this without you, man. So <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, I know, you know, construction industry, everybody is having to deal with the COVID issues. And people have come up with some really interesting approaches to dealing with distancing, with cleaning, mm-hmm. uh, with, uh, you know, things like that. Uh, with stress management, probably. I mean, that's one of the unspoken, you know, one of the things that we really have to deal it's with. Huge. So. I'm going to throw that out to you, man. And I, I've got a bunch of, you know, I put out a request to uh, the Midwest Safety Cooperative folks for some information. They were incredibly generous. So I've got some things, but I'd love to just hear what you guys are doing at Airlight, what you've come up with that yeah. you think might uh, might uh, be beneficial. Well, first of all, I'd, I would say that uh, uh, we've, we've done some things, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what's on that list and things that coming up with some ideas of things that we can probably do. Um, I think first of all that I we were really fortunate at Airlight that we have a, a, a our a vice president of human resources kind of recognized this thing a little bit before other people mm-hmm. did. I think we all kind of knew it was coming. Maybe we had a sense of it, but nobody was really too worried about it. Right, and right. she says, I, I think we need to maybe start meeting on this. And if this thing gets worse, we're going to need to uh, hit the ground running. And so she kind of started the ball rolling probably a little sooner than, oh, than some her. people. And I know that when we were having our meetings initially, we all had some, you know, misgivings that we're going to, you know, how much time we're going to spend on this and, right. and that kind of thing. And, but, but we continued to meet and we continued to come up with ideas. And then the thing started, started really happening and right. it became a little bit more real. And absolutely. And, more, and more we urgent. were, yep. And we were, we were kind of already beginning the ball rolling anyway. And, and so it was just a, a slight mind change about how much further we're going to go, how much commitment are we going to make to right. this? And, and I think we were just a little bit ahead of the curve, maybe with uh, good for her at, for at being airline. On, yeah, ahead she of was, that game. Uh, give and her you guys, you guys are in the, food industry. I mean, you are providing packaging exactly to the food industry. And so it's really is a critical piece of the puzzle. So you guys really need to be up and running. So. Exactly. And our owner has really stepped up to that uh, commitment to the nation and, and, uh, uh, and committing to making it as safe a place. And his commitment is that he wants Airlight to be uh, the second safest place that you can be with the first being at home. Sure. And so good. Good whatever him. it takes to do that, he's kind of committed message. to that. Right. Yeah. So what do you guys, what have you guys done? I mean, I, you don't have to give us all the, you know, the, uh, secrets necessarily, but obviously yeah. in a food processing environment, you have employees inside a fixed facility. Mm-hmm. They are working, uh, you know, with, colleagues and coworkers, And right. so there's quite a few things that we have to address. So what have you guys? 
Well, one of the things they did just uh, like when the employee arrives at work that we've we've started staggering our shifts so that they don't all arrive at the same time. And nice. uh, we started propping open the, the doors, which you in a food service, you really can't do that. But we have uh, our supervisors go out and, and meet the employees as they're arriving, okay. opens the doors and greets them as they come, tries to make the social distance thing. But we just have the doors open so they don't have to touch them. Right. We, I like that. Yeah, we've, we contacted the local fire department and talked to them about propping open some, some of the fire doors. And mm-hmm. so the, the ones that we come and go through frequently are all propped open now. And so, so do the employees come in them. through multiple doors or do they come in through one door typically? Uh, tip, well, for us, there's a glass door and then there's a uh, kind of a gated area, uh, okay. turnstiles. Right. And so, and then there's an emergency access on the side of the turnstile. So we prop that open. Okay. Um, and depending on which door they come through, there may be one or two others. So they, they badge in and out or something like uh, that? It's a finger it? scanner, which is another issue that okay. we have people lining up at these finger scanners and, mm-hmm. and you know, they're having to, having to scan through so that's why we open that side gate so they don't have to scan through anymore i got you okay we also have the problem of uh the time cards you clock in and clock out with a finger scan and so we're having to sanitize that and making sanitation actually what we've what we've settled on uh is that they have to just sanitize their hands afterwards because if you put alcohol on that thing it'll ruin it so we're you know but we're addressing all of those areas so what we really did and then you know, we started doing those some of those mechanical changes, but then we needed to set up an infrastructure for for decontamination. And we were kind of lucky there too. I think we're different than a lot of manufacturers because we're making a food service product. So right. we already had to sanitize. We already had the the knowledge and the feel for what it what it takes to uh, prevent cross contamination. And so so that put us a little bit ahead. We were very fortunate with that, that yeah, everybody's yeah. already used to washing their hands. And, you know, they've all been to this, you know, training about how to wash your hands and how long to wash your hands right. and all that very kind of good. stuff. So that right, really, right. that helped a lot. And I'll I think bet. that puts us a, 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 an edge ahead or any food service area is going mm-hmm. to be a little bit ahead because of that. Mm-hmm. But we wanted to take it a step further because there are a lot of cross-contamination opportunities where multiple people are using the same keyboard, multiple people are opening and closing the machines at doors, and people are, you know, uh, pushing the elevator buttons, and people right. are doing all yeah. of those places, the handrail going up and down the steps. Isn't and, it interesting? And how are you going to sanitize all of that? And are you really going to sanitize it between every user? That seems almost mm-hmm. impossible. And, mm-hmm. you know, so <clears throat> when you first start, you feel like, you know, it is monumental, somebody's it? shooting at you with a cannon at point-blank range, oh, yeah. you know, you're trying to solve these problems right and, and so, every time you turn around you're probably identifying another oh, yeah. surface that gets <laughs> routinely touched by multiple people that you hadn't even considered and, and you feel like walking around with your hands in the air like a surgeon <laughs> no or something and back through doors and things yeah. like that right so um so yeah so we were we were all um um we're gathering up. So we started these meetings. We're having a meetings every day. Uh, we start off the day with a, an eight o'clock meeting with a steering committee, essentially for uh, sanitation, social distancing, and what are we going to do for payroll and make, you know, vendors. And, you know, if they really shut the city down, you know, we might have to have uh, special permission for our employees to drive through the city right? and all right. kinds of things. I mean, there's I, too many to list, but, and I'm sure there's a lot of these on your list. Mm-hmm. They're all common. They're yeah. all common concerns. People are struggling with very similar issues. It seems like yeah it's very 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 odd so one of the things we set up though is we set up this program uh we it's ended up being called the sss program and it's a shared surface sanitation program and so um uh, the way that it works is we we uh, divided up the whole plant by director level essentially, and we started with production because it's the biggest area, mm-hmm. and uh, and we set up these sh- uh, shared service surface sanitation checklists, 
And each supervisor had to come up with a checklist, essentially, of the things in their area that are shared that, that need to be sanitized. Mm-hmm. tape dispensers and computer keyboards and handles on the machines and those kinds of things. And they list the 8 or 10 or 12 things that are in their area mm-hmm. that have to be sanitized. And the things then, that have to be shared. Have, I mean, you, have can, to be you can shared. certainly make some things exclusive. Right. But some things have to be shared. They have obviously. to be shared. So. Call, I mean, in their office, I mean, you have, well, you can just imagine the mm-hmm. copy machine and everything. Mm-hmm. So all of the directors, uh, uh, well, starting with production, uh, all of the supervisors had those lists and the employees that work in that area, uh, each hour someone is assigned the responsibility to go around and sanitize all of those areas. With the expectation also being that if I use something and I know someone's coming in behind me, I should sanitize it. Mm-hmm. Right. But right. at a minimum, those things are going to get sanitized once an hour. Nice. Uh, so that at least we've, we've... And so does that person not, rotate? The, it, the, the supervisor would be assigning someone then to go out and do that? sanitation function or each one of them do it a little different. They just have to do it every hour and there's okay. a space on the checklist that they could write the person's names if they wanted and they could share it between eight people or they could have one of our uh, plant managers at a, a different division uh, decided he was just going to have someone going around clockwise around the building, just yep. continuously doing it. Yep. So that's what he does. And, Interesting. and where they can remove the, uh, the uh, shared surface, we'll call it, uh, like door, propping a door open, well, you remove that. That's right. no longer a shared right. surface because nobody has to use yeah, you it. you don't have to touch it. Right. right. Throw the coffee pot out. And <laughs> right, right. Exactly. We shut down all our water fountains. You know, Did you? Yeah, we put paper or uh, plastic bags over all the water fountains and okay. things like that. So, so how are you then providing water? Uh, they, we do have a water station in the break rooms that they okay. can go and fill up a container okay, and take it back to their desk. Yeah. Okay, but, gotcha. So, okay. so, so we did all that. So they're, we're constantly adding to the list, taking things yeah. off the list because they're no longer a shared surface. And, right. and, uh, and so they're doing that every hour. And we also set up a little decontamination team. And, uh, uh, and their job is to, if, if someone goes home sick, uh, we immediately would, would initiate that little group and they would just go out and sanitize all the areas we know that person had been. Oh, nice. And it's no matter how sick they are, we're not, we don't wait for them to determine whether the, 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 this virus or some other, because right. that sick could take enough. two weeks, right? Right. right. So if, if, if they, if somebody reports that they're not feeling well and they want to go home for, for that reason, we go sanitize that area with a, with a different product called um, Vital Oxide, which mm-hmm. is a, a, it's a, a, germicide that's used in daycares and food service facilities and things like that. And it's approved for that purpose. And Mm -hmm. we would go spray those areas down. And that's a designated group of people that are that would go do that. that. Right. And and those uh, could be your infection control people, your bloodborne pathogen people or whomever. Yeah. But people that have that skill set, that's that makes perfect sense. And it and the stuff is pretty innocuous because it is used for, you know, and food service and things like that. Mm -hmm. So the the uh, all of the tests and indications are that it's very very safe. Uh, so once it's sp- you spray it on a surface, it dries and it kills whatever bacteria or viruses nice. or mold is below that surface and and kind of starts you at zero. So you know everything that that stuff is on has right. nothing on it. Right. And so um, so this for that's a really interesting point. So you have an individual who for whatever reason says they don't feel well, they're going to go home for the day. Good for them. You yeah. Know? I mean, we're hoping yeah. that they will do that. Have you then? Are they limited? Then their, their work activities would be limited to a certain area that you could probably define fairly clearly when you're about, when you're going to go back and sterilize or at least uh, disinfect. You know those work areas where this person had been had occupied. Right. 
So you don't have people that are wandering all over the plant? Are you trying well, to no, restrict no. Some people? Some of them do. Some, well, it depends on the person. So there's all kinds of people. and Anybody mm-hmm. can get sick, right? right? So it could be an office person. It right. could be the janitor. It could be a maintenance guy that's all over the place. You mm-hmm. just don't know. And it, and it could be very, very difficult to go back and track down where that person had been. Sure. But we also have the shared surface sanitation process that's cleaning everything every hour right. anyway. So the worst case scenario is that uh, that he touched a bunch of stuff and for an hour it was unsanitized. Right. And uh, so that would be the worst case scenario, assuming that everybody's doing the sanitation the way uh, it's supposed to be done. And, mm-hmm. and we also set up the safety committee, and this is going to be something we'll pull the trigger on on Monday, uh, as the safety committee is going to drop all of their safety inspections for now. We feel like we're on a, we, we can glide with that for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're going to focus solely on making sure that these shared sanitation uh Shared surface sanitation mm-hmm. process is, is happening. I Good. feel like I'm saying Sally sells seashells at the <laughs> right, seashore. Exactly, right. <laughs> right. Yeah, so. you've got to come up with a better acronym, man. That's yeah, I've gotten a lot of criticism for that one. I'm sure. <laughs> But no, that's a good idea. I mean, yeah. they can be that kind of that uh, fail safe, that yes. backup plan, just to make sure those things are being taken care of. Yeah, they and they so their checklist now has to do with checking the quality of those. They'll have the person mm-hmm. go around and show them how they do it and mm-hmm. correct them if they're just doing some. You Absolutely. Know, uh, and then they have to log it, so it gets logged, and they're just making sure that it gets logged. And yeah. so you know that's interesting. I, I'm not sure everyone knows how to sanitize something right. correctly or, or adequately. Yeah, I'm not you sure know, I know so, how to. But. Well, <laughs> I, my wife does, obviously. My house, interestingly, my house gets wiped down every hour. Oh, does you it know? really? I mean, my wife is just, you know, she's really on top of this thing, man. And uh, uh, probably not hourly, but on a very frequent basis, she's right. wash, wa- wiping down all the shared surfaces in my home. And... It's literally just my wife, one of my boys is home right now, and me. Right. Nobody else in the house, right. nor will there be. <laughs> but, um, man, she she's very... That's great. She's very skilled at this uh, disinfection process. So, right. But we have to train our employees. When we told them to go wipe down surfaces, <laughs> what we're talking about, right? Right, I mean, exactly. You can't just... You have a list. Them, uh, and initially when we first started, we said, you got to do this. And we just right. said, you have to, sh- all the shared surfaces. So whatever that ended up meaning to the particular mm-hmm. person, now we have a checklist of the things that they're supposed to do. We added that checklist. So yeah, we know it's we're constantly evolving, I'm right. sure. Right. Yeah. But the Very hard good. one, the really hard thing to get around is the, or to, to, to try to manage is the social distancing. Right. That's really difficult. Now we've done some things that, that, uh, from a management or engineering or process change we've done, like we've changed our shift time. So people are not all reporting all at mm-hmm. once. So there's more room in the, in the, uh, break room when they first show up and when they, right. when we're huddling up, we're finding quieter places that people can spread out. And so we have, because they're staggered, now we have the break room is available for more people because each shift is showing up or each group is showing up at a different time. So right. they can they can gather and spread out. And, you know, I walk through the break room Smart. and a lot of our guys that were still huddling up close just because that's what we do, right. you know. And, and yes. so I mentioned to the supervisor and he kind of jumped on it and had everybody spread out. And people really appreciate that, too. I can okay. tell you, I had an experience. This was interesting. So people like to gather up around the time clock when it's time to go. And they're mm-hmm. all chatting as kind of a social hour uh, to get as they get ready to go the moments before they go. But uh, uh, I wanted to, people to, we need to start spreading out. And I wanted to take a picture to illustrate it. So I went up to the group that were standing there. I said, hey, guys, we need to spread out. 
And before I could even explain what I was doing, they were spreading out and there were six mm-hmm. feet between everybody. And, and the sense was that they really, really wanted that distance. Mm-hmm. And they were very, the anxiety level in that group, although they were still sharing and talking and everything else, in the back of their head, they really, really wanted that mm-hmm. separation and they wanted someone to tell them mm-hmm. right, uh, to do right. that. So they just, they complied with that almost immediately. Just a reminder. Yeah. And, and then we joked around about it because everybody was six feet apart and we talked and we were a little bit lighthearted about it. About it. So, well, yeah. you know, not running around like a, like, um, you know, my hair's on fire or something, but so we chatted about the, and had them spread out mm-hmm. and, uh, and I took the picture and then I used those photographs as an illustration of what right. we have to do. Right. We also marked off by the time clocks, the maintenance came through and put down tape that is six feet apart yeah. leading away from the time clock. So, so you just can basically separate. stagger the interval <clears throat> them away from the time clock the, in mm-hmm. six foot intervals and they just... They just proceed one at a time on, yeah. and move up to the next interval. Yeah, the next interval. You know, interval, that's yeah. interesting. I have a <clears throat> have a, a colleague that is in the construction sector, and they've done the same thing. They're actually triaging the employees as they come onto the project. Mm-hmm. It's a large project, and they have a number of employees on site. You know, their employees, subcontract employees. And so they have actually, I don't know whether it was paint or some other type of marking, but they've marked on the sidewalk and even out into the parking lot six foot intervals so as the guys are waiting to come in Mm -hmm. they are standing on their mark and then when the guy in front of them proceeds they move up one mark and they have basically i think those visual depictions are really helpful yeah they've even put like posters in the building you know showing what a six foot interval is they have basically six foot tall um you know representations of, of employees of construction workers showing what a six foot distance looks like and right I think I think it's important to give those visual reminders, man. Yeah. You know, I mean, very helpful. And yeah, and you forget. I forget. I and of you know, I'm on do. the production floor. We have a really loud environment with earplugs, and so you really need to you need to move in close to be able to have a conversation with right. somebody, right. Uh, or talk really loud, uh, or save it for some other time. Right. You know, maybe and, something and, that could be said. Yeah, later. just wait. Meet be, me in the meet me. Let's go in the break room and let's talk. So a little can, just a little bit less right. chatting, probably. Yep. And so we're encouraging that. That's the hard part. And that's really kind of the next right. big push is going to be to try to to try to really uh, get people on board and remembering every opportunity mm-hmm. we can to keep that space. I've started putting my, my arm out for people, you know. I, yeah. I come walking yeah. up and say, hey, let me talk to you. And I, I put my arm out. I think we're six feet apart right yeah. here, aren't we? And I yeah. know I'm at least six at feet least. from Pat. Well, yeah. Pat's leaning away from me, I think, <laughs> intentionally. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. if you're paying, if you're cognizant to it, you can maintain reasonably well appropriate distance. I mean, right. it just, but it does require a reminder and it requires some getting used to. Right. Um, I've got a son who, um, he told me the other night, this hasn't changed my life at all, dad. He's he's kind of borderline sociopathic, you know, so he doesn't associate with anybody anyway. He's typically <laughs> down in his, in his bedroom, down in the basement all the time. He comes up to eat once in a while. And my wife and my, we, we scramble out of the kitchen so he can come in and feed, you know, but <laughs> you know, um, so, some people are very good at social distancing it yeah. comes very, you know, very easy to them. But as you said earlier, there are some people that just crave that, you know, it's not necessarily intimacy, but that right. closer human interaction. And, right. those are, and we just have to kind of remind them, man, that uh, yeah. for the time being, at least, and maybe going forward, right. it's not a bad idea to maintain a little bit of space. You know, maybe that, you know, that uh, there has always been that uh, personal space issue Right. When people crowd into your personal space, right. at least what you're comfortable they call with. Close talkers. Close talkers. Exactly. Yeah, right. exactly. There's a Seinfeld episode. The Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. I, I think, you know, going forward, um, 
you know, that distance, that personal space is going to increase. Mm -hmm. And it's probably not a bad practice to do that all the time. So well, I think the landscape of our lives has probably changed. I think. Well, what do you guys do about, um, are you providing um, new hand-washing facilities or do they go into a restroom to wash their hands periodically or, at, you know, pre and post meals perhaps or... You know, I, I know that on a construction site, for example, water isn't always readily available. And so we've, you know, they've had to take some measures to address good hand washing, hygiene, things like that. So right. have we changed anything that in your facility or how does that work? Well, hand washing, as I said earlier, that, that that's always been something that we've done and we've always provi had I mean, it's just provided kind of plenty a, of space to do it. And so that's, yeah, that okay. was not something plenty we had of, to I mean, that's not something you had to ramp up because obviously... No. Are you an FDA covered facility yes. then? So, so right. you guys have, you've been under that scrutiny before and you're right. good at it. Right. We had, okay. well, we we're a certified, uh, it's called SQF safe quality foods. And okay. so it's just a, it's a, it's a, 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 a credentialing organization sure. that, that, uh, that companies that want to do business with food service. Typically if you're SQF qualified, then, then they'll do business with you. Otherwise, right. Uh, right. I guess I'll have to take that out of there. Right. It'll be fine. Man. <laughs> so, uh, uh, you have to be SQF qualified. And so we are, okay. and we have been for a number okay. of years. And, and, um, so, so that helps a lot. Well, so what are you doing then about, um, like supplies training? is a, well, supplies is a, is a, is a big thing too. That's happening to a lot of companies. We, we have alcohol. We use a lot of alcohol oh, because yeah. we use it for disinfecting surfaces and it doesn't leave right. a residue. The isopropyl alcohol won't leave a residue. It's a good cleaner. It's flammable, but we've addressed all of that right. and using it for cleaners. But that also is going into hand into the hand sanitizers sure. and that's become a, a, a scarce to, commodity, yeah. right? So we're starting to run out of that. And okay. so we have to rethink the way we're doing lots of things. We right. have been using paper towels. That's becoming a dis, uh, uh a hard thing to find. Absolutely. And so we're, we have a lot of rags though, that we use for cleaning uh, print in our print department mm -hmm. and we had extra rags. So we're going to take those extra rags and put them in the alcohol solutions, these covered containers that mm -hmm. we have at every mm -hmm. station. And then they'll just reuse those rags rather than paper. Yeah. Plus you're not throwing away whatever alcohol was left on the paper. Right. So we're going to save that. Absolutely. So we're just constantly, I mean, there's one challenge after the next. We started right. making our own hand sanitizing solution. We couldn't find any more. And we have these hand sanitizers. So uh, I've got a picture of one of our, uh, one of our uh, engineers uh, with his little chemistry lab coming mm -hmm. up. <laughs> he's, right. he's got his recipe and he put together some hand sanitizer or, uh, um, our, one of our vice presidents yeah. and he and a couple of others got together. And, and so now and our maintenance crew got together and made a, a pump the, for pumping the alcohol and making this stuff. And so they can put out enough batches of that to keep us in business. Very cool. So um, oh, that is interesting, man. Yeah. So there's, I think we're all running up on that. Yeah. You know, the availability of some of these supplies. And as you said, the, you know, reevaluating how we use some of these things or how, you know, I mean, we, we've always been pretty, casual about you know just using and discarding and right. i think we have to be more more uh conscientious about reusing recycling yeah those kind of things because there there is a limited supply of that stuff man yeah. it will eventually run out so i, t I touched on a brief what about training man how are you guys accomplishing safety training or covid19 protocol training or whatever i mean are you still meeting in small groups in with more space or are you doing more um, written communication. I know a lot of people have contacted me about, you know, how are we going to do our monthly OSHA training mm -hmm. uh, when we cannot assemble in large groups? I mean, you know, companies that have hundreds of employees, 
I mean, you're talking about a lot of sessions of five people per session. I mean, that's right. very so. You know, for the time being, they're doing a little bit more document based or computer based training, something like that, rather than right. assembling. Are you guys doing anything to that effect? Well, our shift managers take the bulk of the burden on that, and and uh, uh, and they're just doing it in smaller groups. We, we're fortunate; we have a, a a great big conference room that you could you could get you know, 20 people in there and still respect the six foot distances between Good. you. So okay. they, they're able to, to bring them through that. But I'm sure some of that's falling through the cracks right now. Yeah. And, you know, you go on autopilot for a little while if you have to. And, yeah. and uh, yeah. but our, we also have a, uh, we have a learning management system that tracks everyone's training. So once you've gone through it, it, right. it, it lets you know how far behind they are. So if we start falling behind on people, we can always catch them up later. Okay. And any, uh, anyone that online has online training, do you have online training or? Do yes. You do something like yes. That? It's all pretty much online. We create the training ourselves, but it's the learning management system that you have to log into it okay. and watch the video that's posted there. Read the document sure. that's posted there. Listen to me talk about something. Right. To, right. And whatever. Okay. And then, and then it knows that because you logged in under your credentials, it knows that you were there you were and you attended that. Right. Okay. So, so we, we're able to track people's training. So if we fall okay. behind through this, it, it won't be, you know, yeah. a big deal to catch well, one up. Of, you know, one of the things um, that I found interesting was that not, not all OSHA training is uh, required annually. Right. You know, there are really only a handful of, of regulations that require annual training. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly, you know, workplace to workplace, you know, the high emphasis training topics vary. Right. And so you, you may have certain um, exposures or hazards that, that are critical in your workplace. And so you want to do those more frequently. Right. And others that perhaps don't need to be done annually. And so I think we need to reconsider sometime, you know, under these circumstances, is the training important? Mm-hmm. Are we doing it just because we have always done this refresher, this annual refresher training? Right. Is it required to do annually? Um, you know, how can we approach that? You know, uh, I think there are a lot of opportunities to kind of revisit how we do training and with what frequency and with what importance we give certain training. Right. Maybe change some of those things. And that's good, right? Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. cool. I think, I think we're, we're going to end up being better off as a result of going through all this, I think. Well, I hope so, man. Yeah, I, I think there I think. will certainly be lots of lessons to be learned yeah. and improvements to be made. I yeah. think that's outstanding. So, man, so I've got this list here. I'm going to read some of these, and let's just talk about them. These are some, some of the suggestions that I have received from my, you know, my earlier solicitation. We've got this group here locally, again, that you're a large part of, this Midwest Safety Cooperative, and it's a group of about 50 people that, you know, this we meet periodically and we talk about safety. But one of the really nice things about the group is if anyone has a question or something, they just blast it out to the group. And, you know, somebody typically responds within minutes with some kind of an idea or a suggestion or whatever. So these are some of the things that I've um, received from the group. Um, and I'm just going to read these. And if any of them tickle your fancy, man, let's talk about them. But And we've talked about some of them. So... Um, you know, working remotely when possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have some people who don't need to come into the plant or right. the facility, the construction site. Um, distancing. We talked about, uh, you know, visual cues, marking the floor, other visuals. I think, you know, the picture of the guy, the guy at the construction site, the six-foot-tall construction right. uh, person with his arms extended, demonstrating what a six-foot distance would be. You know, within just a few inches, just about everybody has a six-foot you know, yeah, wingspan, wingspan yeah. that we yeah. can use as an idea, at least, you know, fingertip to fingertip with a, with an inch gap in between, you know, right. hopefully or something. 
I noticed uh, one of the things I like to do is use photographs of the actual place and spaces and people that are there. That, I, I think that gets people's attention. We just Absolutely. did one in the elevator to show we only want two people in the elevator. We just right. showed you can't. You get more than two people in here, and you're going to be right in each other's business. Oh, that's you know? a great point, man. Yeah. Elevators. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you got to be trapped in there with somebody. And, Good catch. Two, yeah. two people per elevator ride. Right. Well, it's not unlike, you know, in the construction world, they are, you know, putting one person up in a lift at a time. Right. You, know, you might used to have two people in an aerial lift or even a scissor lift, and now it's just one person per lift. And yeah. that's a that's a great catch. It's a great observation. Yeah, that was from our receptionist. She kind of flagged me down and said, I keep seeing large groups of people come out of the elevator. I shouldn't have ratted her out, I suppose. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I want to give her credit now, ratted her out. Absolutely. No, good but, for yeah, her. She, yeah, great she, she brought that up. So she and I, so then I made her star in one of our posters that I came about the mm-hmm. elevator. So she and I are standing in the elevator holding our arms up and we'll nice. post that about just so people, yeah, that's the reason why we're doing that. Cause you can't. Oh, that's a great reminder. Well, good yeah. for her. But I, I did start her, getting man. a little embarrassed. I did that one. And then I realized I've done about, a half dozen of these posters and I'm in every one of them. I'm thinking people are going to start accusing me of wanting to put my Time picture all over the talent, place. Yeah. You got plenty of talent in that plant. You've well, seen use your it. face enough. Exactly. Well, one of the, one of the things that was commented was, uh, this, the, uh, temperatures, people taking temperatures. Yeah. I saw that at FDR. FD- well, yeah. And I mean, some of the construction sites, um, for example, they, I know people are using like IR, scanners, mm-hmm. infrared scanners. They are doing kind of this initial triage. They've established and kind of calibrated a range with this infrared, this thermal imaging device. And they will basically, I think the guy told me that they were actually shooting uh, or taking a reading from the, the back of your throat. So you step up to the, you, you step up to the point where you are being initially triaged. And this is being done by a, a nurse or a healthcare person or something, or I think, you know, they've retained some CNAs and some mm-hmm. other, you know, healthcare professionals. They do this initial reading with the thermal imaging on the back of your throat. If it's within a certain range, you're good to go. You go into the facility or you go on to the construction site. If you are, you know, if you are an outlier, if you are outside of that range, then you go over to a second triage location where a nurse would actually take your temperature with a traditional Rectal. thermometer. <laughs> yeah, hopefully not, man, but... <laughs> Some places, I probably. I can say that on here, Ken. This hey, man, is not radio, can, right? Man. Hey, man. I think those are accurate temperature readings, right? <laughs> I think right? they are. I think so they are. So whatever you got to do. <laughs> but, yeah, if you if you are outside that range, you go to the secondary. And then if you're outside the range there, you just go home. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. I don't know that if that's necessary or practical in every application. But, you know, they're making a concerted effort to try to uh, identify people who might not be aware that they right. are, that they have symptoms at that point. Right. One of the things that I really liked was one of the guys told me they just put up a big poster at the entrance with the symptoms and said, if you have any of these, just head on that's back a, home and give us a call. That's a good idea. I'm you know, I love too. that. I mean, you know, we hear the symptoms every day, you know, we, but I think to have them reduced to poster size writing uh, as you come in the door of the plant or the construction site says, hey, man, you know, I mean, if, if you've got any of these, head on home, give us a call. And we'll figure it out, you know, but don't right. come into the facility. Right. And again, just that visual cue. I mean, I as you said, it's just. I'm going to do that as soon as we get back to the, the optics, yep. you know, and that's so <clears throat> helpful. Um, some other ones. Let's see. Um, leave doors open. That's yep. one you've already commented on. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you can re- reduce or eliminate shared surfaces, that's a big step. Yep. I like that idea. So where it's practical. Yeah, get rid of the coffee pot. That. Get rid of the. Yeah, I mean, just man. for now. Just, just you know, for now, people, right? people be all right. Bring your. But, bring your well, Dark we have, we have like a little water 
in, in my office, and I work in a very small office building. You know, I, I'm a one man shop, so I have you know it's just me in my office. But there's kind of some shared spaces, and there is a water cooler. You know, the push button, get your right. water thing. Right. First thing every morning when I walk in the door, I go directly to the restroom. I wash my hands thoroughly after coming in the building. Right. You know, we've left all the doors. We've propped all the doors open to get back to our office area. I go grab my uh, Lysol wipes and I go wipe off that water cooler because I know people are pushing that button and they just pull their finger out of their nose or something <laughs> or whatever. You know, I mean, I mean, it's just human nature, yeah. man. You know, so oh, well, I'll tell you, it's, I watch myself too, and I, I, t- I, I never realized how much I touch my face till you start. And we have a lot of online meetings. We're not meeting face to face in the right. conference rooms anymore. We're doing it on WebEx, and right. I'm sitting there looking at an image of myself, and I'm watching somebody else touching their face and counting the number of times while I'm sitting there with my finger, you know, resting on my oh, lips, know. you know, and I'm, whoa, geez. It is I'm unbelievable. constantly touching my face. Yeah, and interestingly, <laughs> you know, in the last two months, I have, you know, my face itches all the time. <laughs> I don't know what has happened, you know, it's yeah. just whatever that, yeah, don't, you know, if you don't like planted that seed and now I just can't, you know, but you're right, you do. I'm coughing and, too. Yeah. And you notice when people touch their faces now. Right. You know, it's, I was at the drive. I was at the bank drive-through the other day, um, and I realized, you know, I pull up, roll my window down. Hi, may I help you? I, yeah, I'd like to make a deposit this time. Fortunately, you know, yeah. and that little tube blasts down through the, you know, that little uh, mm-hmm. whatever that little device, the is. vacuum device. Yeah, the vacuum tube blows the little carrier down to you, and I'm realizing, well, I just got hit with all the air that was inside that bank building. <laughs> You know, it's all blowing out of that that pneumatic tube. And now I pull this carrier out to put my transaction in. And the last 400 people have handled this thing. You know, I mean... Well, that's an interesting question. You ask the bank what are they doing. I, I, are you cleaning these things yeah. off? Let's every throw a little night? sanitizing cloth in there or yeah, something. And change know, it out I, every time or something. Man. That I would actually, you pull a sanitizing thing, you wipe it off, stick it in there, send it to you, and then you yeah, can wipe it off and send it back. Absolutely. And then they could throw it away and put another but, one. But, you know, just, you know, like we said hmm. earlier, man, you, you start to realize how many shared surfaces there are in, a, in, in just a typical day. Right. It is unbelievable. Yeah, they're. Um, ventilation rates. I think there is some, you know, there is some research to demonstrate that we need more air changes to try to hmm. dilute anything that might be in the air, you know. And uh-huh. so for people who are um, able to do that, maybe increasing makeup air, increasing fresh air. Right. You know, we tend to recirc- recirculate air quite a bit simply because it's less expensive than conditioning right. air, you know. But particularly now in in Omaha, the air doesn't really require any heating or cooling. Mm-hmm. You could increase the, the the amount of fresh air being introduced into a, an occupied space, and that's oh, probably that's a, helpful. That's Again, I, I'm not a ventilation expert by any means, but I would certainly think that just whatever that load of airborne particles is would be improved by dilution ventilation. Um, no touch trash receptacles, you know, so you don't have to open the trash right. can. Or, <clears> you that's know, a good idea. Use your foot, or just don't put a lid on it. Now. I will say that when I was with OSHA, I did cite two employers for not having lids on their trash cans. I got in a lot, a lot of trouble. For, I mean, it's in the sanitation standard, of course, you know, 1910-141. Yeah, it was written in 1941. It was probably written in 1941. Yeah, I did. I cited a couple of companies for not having lids on their trash cans. Right. And I can remember when the national office actually sent an email down to my boss, Ben, at the time. Ben Bear was the area director at the time. 
He came out of his office and said, who the hell is siding trash can lids? And I raised my hand with pride, you know. I cited too, but I, I got to be honest with you, man. In both circumstances, it was uh, trash cans in break rooms uh, that were full of rats. Oh, I my mean, gosh. these people are eating in break rooms. I mean, they're shitty break rooms, you know, right. dumpy facilities. But they had trash cans in there that were full of food, particle waste and stuff like that. And there were rat. they were harboring rats. And so I thought, you know, that might be good to actually either throw the trash away periodically or put a lid on that trash can. So right. I've cited it, man, but I'm suggesting that maybe under these circumstances, right. it would be better not to have get to Get rid of the rats lid. in some other way. And get, yeah, get rid <laughs> of the rats first and foremost. But, you know, that's a simple one. Right. Easy one. Um, obviously, regular disinfection of shared surfaces. We've been talking about that. Break rooms, restrooms, porta johns. I mean, you were in the construction sector for a while. Oh, yeah. Some of these guys are I don't are think out. any viruses could live in one of those things. <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. But, I mean, there are projects where the only access to a restroom is a porta potty. Right. And I have to imagine that those would be very contaminated structures. Well, they have sanitizers in a lot of them anymore. They I do. Know, one of our concerns that may come up on here was our the drivers. We have truck drivers that come from all over the nation to mm-hmm. pick up and deliver product to us and and uh, and letting them come into our facilities. You know, that's always oh, yeah. that's that's yeah, so we're trying to limit that. So we put a porta john right. outside of our um, outside of our, our the drivers uh, warehouse area for them to be able to go in and they we make sure it's got hand sanitizer in it so they can sanitize yeah. their hands and use and the clean it probably more frequently than might otherwise be done. I know yeah, a professional company, they own yeah, it. Is that right? Yeah. So you just rent it, they come in and clean they it. They come so, and clean it. But right. I know uh, on some larger projects, they have full-time representatives from the Portageon companies there just cleaning continuously. Right. You know, they might have dozens of, you know, Portageons on site and they just clean over and over. Just as you said, it just... Right. Start at one end, clean all the way down, and start over. You right. know, I mean, you probably can't clean them too much. No, I wouldn't would be think my so. Guess. Yeah, I can't think you'd overdo that. You know? But I thought that that was interesting. Um, limiting face-to-face meetings, of course. You right. know, that's a common suggestion to the extent that we're able. I mean, there will be occasions where we have to be in the same room with each other. Right. But, you know, even then, you can take steps to try to reduce potential exposure. Uh, we talked about altering shifts, staggering shifts. Mm-hmm. Staggering access to break rooms, staggering access to the lunchroom, things like that. Right. Um, some people have gone from maybe one or two shifts to three shifts just to, you know, have a, a lower concentration of people in the building at any one time. Here's one thing we did in our break room. We took out all the excess chairs. We allowed two chairs per table because you can have that distance across the table. Right. And, uh, and so that there's only two chairs per table. And then on each table we put you know, the reason why, and we mm-hmm. kind of just a, a little picture of the table, you know, one of them is, you know, has a green circle around it, has two chairs. One has a red circle around it with a line through it, the three chairs. And yeah. then we explain below that, you know, we want to keep this social distance. Nice. And, and, and Again, I'm kind of getting back to that right. imagery. Exactly. We're trying to accomplish. And I've audited that several times and, and people really, I think people want that separation. They want to have it, but they're afraid to ask for it. Right. So as management, I think you, you might think that people are going to resist this, but I think right now things are, oh, the anxiety levels high enough that when you give someone opportunity to keep six feet and you right. mention it, they're going to do it almost before you get done saying it. Yeah, that's, that is interesting. I find that to be true too. Right. And, um, yeah, man, I think people appreciate, uh, from what I've been told, people appreciate the efforts that most employers are going to. First of all, 
that you're still working, right. they have a job to go to, but secondly, that you have their best interest at, at heart, you're right. trying to protect them. Right. Um, I think I think they want to comply. Yeah, I think you're you right. Know? I mean, it's easy for us to fall out of that focus and you know lose focus, but we can. It's easy to bring people back into focus. You yeah. Know? Well. And that, which is what I love about having all those pictures and photographs and diagrams, posters, just reminders. You know. Yeah. Just reminders. Um, I know a company that has gone to digital sign in and sign out. You know, when they're coming in and out of their facility. How does that work? Or their workplaces. I, I don't know what they're using. They're using some type of an app or something. Hmm. Oh, so that, yeah, yeah, their you know, proximity. I've heard. Our when human they're coming onto the site or leaving that. a project or something, they don't actually have to go to a time clock any right. longer. They just, you know. Yeah, your phone. I think someone mentioned that your phone, you can uh, uh, you can put an app on it. And when you get it within a certain proximity of your work location, mm-hmm. it clocks you in. Right. So it knows you're there. Right. Something like that. Right. So there is no requirement to go to the time clock or at least, or even, you know, some people probably still sign in on paper sheets. I mean, mm-hmm. You know, OSHA does. <laughs> I mean, you know, at least we did when I was there. Right. We actually signed in on a piece of paper. But, you know, we, we certainly don't want to do that if we don't have to. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, one of the guys said that they are using a program called Slack, <laughs> S-L-A-C-K. It's some kind of a digital messaging system. Are you familiar with that, Pat? You know what that is? Yeah. What is Slack? Slack. It's um, a- Slack is like a networking um, app and software so where you can have teams and have tasks per per person um it's kind of controlled through hashtags to keep all the topics organized okay and then when something's done it can be checked off and everybody gets a notification that it's done or been assigned or changed hands it's not it's pretty slick yeah they are using this to distribute information Mm -hmm. this is a construction company so their guys are out in Mm -hmm. the in the world out in the field and they're using this in order to keep them apprised of what's going on and provide them new information you know continually communicate with them without any type of face-to-face necessity, you know? So uh, I, you know, being who I am, I have no familiarity with that whatsoever. <laughs> you know, my wife who, uh, my wife couldn't attach a document to an email, just showed me how to use Zoom. So uh, we are incredibly uh, technically lacking at my home, but hey, we're, I mean, if nothing else, we are getting better at some of this technical stuff. So as you right. said, maybe there will be some good come of all this craziness. Um, employee questionnaires. A lot of people use a questionnaire. Might be just one, two, or three work, three questions on the questionnaire before you come into the work site or become, before you come into the facility or the construction site. The questionnaire might be, have you been, have you been in contact with anyone who's been traveling to a, you know, a high mm-hmm. emphasis area? Um, have you um, experienced any symptoms you know, just basic questions. And again, if you answer yes to any of them, we probably need to look further, maybe consider further whether or not you should be coming into the workplace. Right. Just, we've started that with our vendors. Any vendors that want to come into our facility have to go through that questionnaire. Yeah, exactly. And, um, uh, we haven't done that with our employees. Are you yet, limiting, but, as you said, are you trying to keep some vendors out? I mean, if, you know, if vendors yeah. are coming from a, a highly critical area and now right. they're coming out to demonstrate something for you or a salesperson or someone. Exactly. Yeah. It just may not be the time to do it's that. Come up in several of our meetings that we have this guy flying in from so-and-so from such and such. And, right. and you know, our, uh, we've raised question is how necessary is it? And it yeah. basically now requires an executive approval to have somebody come okay. in. Um, yeah. 
So, and, and they went through all of our current vendors and, you know, the guy that um, checks the first aid kit and the guy mm-hmm. that um, yeah. checks the fire alarm system and all that, you know, those things maybe need to be done, but if it's not right. something that's necessary, then we're, right. we're, I think there are, I think there are a lot of things that are elective mm-hmm. that we could probably just postpone or yeah, it, under those circumstances, you right. know, again, I mean, if you have people that are traveling and perhaps you don't want to admit them into your facility or onto your site, you know, maybe that, maybe that can be postponed. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the questionnaire thing, though. Um, and one of these guys, their their folks are out on the road. They are staying in hotels. Mm-hmm. I used to be an on-the-road guy that stayed in hotels, and we would occasionally double up in rooms, you know, to save money. And they said, no more of that. Everybody's got their own room, so they're not, they're not pairing up in rooms when the, the guys are out on the road. And every morning, somehow, I didn't get the details of this. I'd like to know more about it. But every morning, they are taking a temperature, and they have to submit a picture of the reading to their superintendent. Wow. Or they can't leave the hotel. You know, they have to fill out the questionnaire, submit a picture of the thermometer readings, indicating that they're below the, what is it, 100.4 or whatever the critical number is. Right. And if they have not done that, they're not permitted on the site. They're not allowed to leave the hotel. They're basically instructed, you stay in the hotel until you've answered the questionnaire, submitted submitted this, you know this uh, picture of your thermo your temperature, mm-hmm. and then you can come out to the site. <laughs> amazing! That is know? amazing. Really interesting. Um, one of the people, one of our, one of the guys um, who, uh, you know, in the group, submitted a suggestion to me. They are doing daily. You know, kind of a medical surveillance, medical monitoring program. They are doing daily calls to their employees that have called in sick or left sick. Uh, for example, you have someone who just reports, hey, I've got a cough. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to head home. Or, hey, I've got a headache. I think I'm going to head home. Now, the vast majority of those people will not be, you know, confirmed positive COVID cases. Right. You know, maybe the headache is lasts for two hours and, and dissipates or, you know, goes away or something. They don't want to just go into this mandatory 14-day quarantine because you coughed or you sneezed or you right. report a headache or something. So they are actually, they have uh, personnel on site who are following up every day with the employees that are basically calling in That's sick good. just to monitor where they are and perhaps determine maybe they don't need to be gone for 14 days. Hmm. You know, maybe 72 hours, fever-free, no other symptoms. Well, I think there's some guidance back from the CDC work. on that. that I think there fe- is. Yeah, I'm sure it was taken from a couple the CDC. days without a fever, and you're able to come back. Right. I think it's a, it a 72-hour like right window or and, so, things yeah. like that. But you know, just this look it up on the CDC website. Don't take our word. Yeah, don't for take it. our word. Yeah, absolutely. You're right, man. Don't take our word for any of this. Actually, I would, I would confirm all of this on the CDC website. You know, but I thought that was very prudent. You know, yeah. I mean, a mandatory 14-day quarantine is is probably not appropriate for everybody who is identifying maybe one of these symptoms or something, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and again, man, I mean, gosh, there's a lot of things that can cause these symptoms. And so I know we need to be vigilant, but I think we also need to be reasonable and, and prudent about, you know, how we respond to those things. And so I thought that was very impressive. Yeah. You know, the way that they're tracking their employees. And, and for one thing, I'm sure the employees appreciate being tracked, you know, yeah, that somebody's but- actually cares enough to check in on them periodically. So I thought that was pretty cool. 
That is cool. I've made a note about that. Isn't okay. da- calling daily sick leave. I've, I'm making all lots of notes. I'd like to have a copy of your sheet over there. Yeah, actually. man, I'll, I will uh, put it together and send it out to the group. That's great. That's great. I think it would be, and, and other people can contribute, or yeah. the people that submitted some of these comments can give more details about right. it. Okay. Um, I do think you know this is an ever evolving thing, man. For the time being, we were all going to be identifying opportunities to do better. Uh, probably, as you said, we're going to find you know more and more shared surfaces. I mean, we're going to come <laughs> up with more. Like the elevator thing, right. I, I, that's brilliant. Right. You know, it's just, we're like zombies walking onto an elevator typically, and you walk in with a big crowd of people and then realize now you're trapped in a box that has no ventilation and, uh, <laughs> you know, you can't hold your breath. I mean, it's like a confined space, right? You cannot hold your breath and go into a permit required confined space. I mean, I think we're in the, <laughs> the same boat here, you know, so, uh, but, um, yeah, I will, I will be distributing this information throughout our group. And for those of you out there, if listening, if you have some suggestions, you can contact me at, you know, Doug at FletcherSafety.com. And I would be more than happy to disseminate some information or suggestions you have. I think that would be greatly appreciated. Um, any, any parting words, Jim, or anything, any words of wisdom so. before we just wrap it up? Take care of people, take care of your people and, and, um, take care of yourself. Hey, I, I do want to hit on one thing before we adjourn, man, stress management. Oh yeah. We kind of alluded to that in the very beginning. I think stress is a huge part of this and a huge part of our responsibility. Yeah. Our human resource department addressed that early on. Uh, and I don't know that it's, that's something that we probably should double back to, but just making sure that people are aware of the employee assistance programs and, and that, you know, stress can. People have a lot going on in their lives and it's not not necessarily just this or just the workplace. Well, it's this, and then it's everything that's connected to this, you know, loss of jobs of family and friends that are in places that are, you know, that you worry about. Perhaps higher concern. That's exactly right. Yeah, I, I, um, uh, I think we need to be very cognizant of that, you know, right. Big deal. So man, as always, thanks for coming in. Yeah, uh, thanks bet. for sharing some insights. It's always fun. I, I know you guys that. are always on kind of the forefront of these things, man. And, uh, we try, I appreciate that information again for, for those of you who are not familiar with safety reports, I would ask that you go out and check out episode number 21, where I talked to Steve Polich and Eric Robinson, uh, they share a lot of really interesting information about their app. And I think uh, for the vast majority of companies, I think uh, it would truly add some value and uh, utility to your safety and health program. So check I into Im- it. I would imagine that you could use that because you can tailor that program, as I understand it. So Absolutely. you could take all of this stuff and put it in there and people could start. Almost definitely. For- I'm sure you could roll it into. Well, and again, I will talk more about safety reports going forward, but it is much more than just an auditing app. Right. You know? Yeah. It, it truly does allow for um, JSA development. It allows for training documentation. Well, you can change your safety inspection. You can change like your inspection right now. You could, so if you, you wanted to develop, go ahead and yes. add a bunch of stuff about coronavirus, you could and add start stuff about inspecting this. that yes, right you away. Absolutely could. I right. think it. Yeah, no doubt, man. So uh, FletcherSafety.com is the website, uh, or Fletcher.Safety-Reports.com. Go check it out. Uh, if you do like it, again and. Decide to uh, purchase a subscription with uh, Steve. Uh, proceeds will go to the podcast, and we'd appreciate that. So, Jim, thanks again, man. Yeah, you bet. Uh, everybody out there, uh, keep up the good work. Stay vigilant. Stay focused. And uh, we'll get through this, and we'll be talking to you soon. Thanks a lot. A Parkville Media Production.